Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every single one of us has some type of bucket list, a list of activities or experiences we want to complete before we leave this earth. Common things that appear on bucket lists are things like snorkeling in a reef, swimming with sharks, riding in a hot air balloon, seeing the pyramids in Egypt, or seeing all seven continents. While I have never sat down and actually wrote out a bucket list, though now I think I might, it's nice when you do things you've always wanted to do, like go to Disney World, swim in a cenote, or go to the top of the Washington Monument. One thing I've always wanted to do is visit Mount Rushmore National Memorial. Mount Rushmore National Memorial, for our international listeners, is a massive sculpture carved into Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills region of South Dakota. The sculpture's roughly 60-foot-high granite faces depict U.S. Presidents George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. An added bonus to visiting Mount Rushmore is that it's situated in the Black Hills National Forest. President Grover Cleveland established the Black Hills National Forest in 1897 as the Black Hills Forest Reserve. On the USDA website, you can read all about the history of the Black Hills and about how in its second century, the USDA Forest Service manages its 1.2 million acres of public lands for a diversity of wildlife and fish, recreation, water production, livestock grazing, timber harvesting, wilderness, and other uses and that timbered mountains of the Black Hills National Forest continue 10 to 40 miles beyond the South Dakota border into Wyoming and covers an area of about 125 miles long and 65 miles wide. While the trails and fishing opportunities sound like an outdoors person's playground, it's also home to wildlife that are dangerous, winter temperatures that are well below freezing, and darkness that can envelop you at night. For an experienced hiker, some of the trails can be dangerous. For a novice hiker, they can be deadly. It's within the area of Black Hills National Forest that many people believe a little girl disappeared. But with no body and not a lot to go on, we really don't know where she is. Some think she died from the cold. Some say wild animals ate her. And still some say she was a victim of foul play. Today, we're going to discuss all those theories as we talk about what could have happened to the little girl that ran away from a children's home in 2019. This is the story of Serenity Denard. Welcome to Coffee and Cases, where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams. And my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the cases will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Allison, Serenity was a nine-year-old girl that vanished on February the 3rd, 2019, from Black Hills Children's Home in South Dakota. And she had a couple of different diagnoses. Some Mm -hmm. referred to... Um, her as special needs but not in the sense that we traditionally would think of a special needs individual more so she had early traumas and challenges that Mm. really affected her brain development Mm -hmm. and like the way she was able to function in like home or play or school so like I know as teachers, we've talked about students or children having ACEs, those adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. So was it something like Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So let's talk about just kind of her upbringing and background before we delve into the case, because I do think that is really important. Mm -hmm. She was born on October the 10th, 2009, and was raised in Rapid City, South Dakota. And just like you mentioned, she did have... Things in her life that were adverse circumstances. She had Mm -hmm. a difficult upbringing marked by early trauma and challenges. She was placed in foster care at a really young age due to issues with her biological family. And that early separation really led to her struggling with behavioral and emotional issues. Mm Mm-hmm. So I read that Serenity was placed in nearly a dozen foster care homes after being taken from her parents, who for a portion of her life, I don't know where they are now. I know her mother for a portion of that was behind bars. So, you know, just a lot of trauma in Mm -hmm. years when she should be developing cognitively, and that's going to affect her development. Right. And well, she's not getting any stability, it doesn't sound like. Mm Mm-mm. No, and that's so important, I mean, Mm -hmm. at any age in a kid's life, but especially, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're learning how to deal with big emotions and how to play with people and things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. She was finally placed into the foster home of Chad Denard and Darcy Gentry, who at the time were together, but now are no longer together. Okay. But the two did adopt Serenity in October of 2014 after fostering her for several months. Okay, so, so she's she seems like to be in a five pretty good place mm-hmm. around this time. Okay. And she was described by her family as highly intelligent. Chad said that she loved animals. She loved playing with babies. She liked to watch movies. She was always singing to music. She liked to be outside riding her bicycle. And she really loved spending time with her grandmother. So typical so, kid. T- very it's, typical. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And adoption, you know, played an important aspect of her life. And I think that sheds light on her life before her disappearance that we're going to talk about here in a bit. Mm -hmm. Her father told interviewers that Serenity had run away from home before. But actually, from what I read, it almost seemed like 
it could at times be a game for her because she enjoyed mm. being searched for kind of like hide and seek sort of. Well, I mean, and, you know, especially developmentally, I'm thinking there's that aspect of like feeling unwanted and undesired for so long. And now when you run away, somebody comes to find you. You know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of proving that people care. You're like testing yeah, it out. Yeah, like you're wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, especially coming from education backgrounds, that as much as we want it to be, not every foster home situation is ideal. Right. Most, or some at least, aren't even safe for the kids that are placed in foster care. They're really no better in some cases than they would have been if they stayed with their biological parents. Right. But from what I read, it did appear that Chad and Darcy and then later Chad and his second wife gave Serenity a safe home and tried their very best to make her feel as loved as she was because they really did love her a lot. Mm-hmm. And the Denard seemed committed to providing Serenity with the support and care she needed given those special needs and challenging upbringing that she had. Right. So they really wanted to do the very best for her. Mm-hmm. Being given up by her parents at such a young age and being bounced from home to home really interfered with her brain development. And the Denard family did all they could to help Serenity overcome the challenges she faced. But because of things beyond their control, she was having to learn to live her life with reactive attachment disorder and disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, which are two things that I had not, two diagnoses I had not heard. Now, I mean... I feel like the second one is more self-explanatory, the mood dysregulation, you know, not being able to mm-hmm. regulate, you know, your own mood or it be in control of it. But I, I don't mm-hmm. know the reactive attachment disorder. So uh, before we get much further, I do want to talk about those because I think it's important to understand kind of where she was coming from mm-hmm. before we get Absolutely. into. Yeah. What happened. And how she would react. Right. You know what? Yeah. Because, yeah, because any situation, if you don't know how to control your emotions, any situation, big or small, could be a big situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And many times we talk on the show about mental health in adults, but having good mental health and receiving the proper care and support for your mental health is just as important for kids as it is for grownups. Mm-hmm. And so I really was interested in seeing what people had to say about good mental health in children. So mm-hmm. I found a really interesting article on the CDC and they said this quote, being mentally healthy during childhood means reaching developmental and emotional milestones and learning healthy social skills and how to cope when there are problems. Mentally healthy children have a positive quality of life and can function well at home in school and in their communities. Mental disorders among children are described as serious changes in the way children typically learn, behave, or handle their emotions, which causes distress and problems getting through the day. Many children occasionally experience fear and worries or display disruptive behaviors. If symptoms are serious and persistent and interfere with school, home, or play activities, the child may be diagnosed with a mental disorder. 
mental health is not simply the absence of a mental disorder. Children who don't have a mental disorder may differ in how well they're doing, and children who have the same diagnosed mental disorder may differ in their strengths and weaknesses and how they're developing and coping and in their quality of life. Mental health as a continuum and the identification of specific mental disorders are both ways to understand how well children are doing, end quote. Just thinking about it yeah, I mean, that makes a continuum, I think, is mm-hmm. helpful because I think a lot of people you know, even those who struggle with, you know, mental health disorders and, you know, they might be doing well for a while, but then, you know, the next Mm -hmm. day they might not be because, you know, coping is a process. It's not Mm -hmm. linear. And I think a lot of people that aren't super educated in this type of thing think that just because you don't have some type of mental disorder, you're automatically mentally healthy. Mm, And that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Look around people. Right. (laughs) We're all, we've all got something that, yeah. Affects. Right. And I do, I do think it's important, you know, with kids and I feel like Mr. Rogers almost like we're learning how to deal with big feelings in a little body. And how does Mm -hmm. that transition to, their functionality at home in school or in their little people communities, you know? Oh yeah. And for it, for Serenity, much of her development was shaped by that rocky start to life. And like I said, I'd never really heard of the, those diagnoses before, which kind of mm-hmm. surprised me because, you know, as teachers, we have students from right. varying backgrounds with various needs, but these were some I had never encountered before. And so I researched those as well because I do think that's important. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that Trinity was diagnosed with, the reactive attachment disorder, also known as, I'm going to call it RAD. It says RAD. And in my Mm -hmm. brain, that would be what I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. But according to the Cleveland Clinic, it's a condition where a child doesn't form healthy emotional bonds with their caretakers or parental figures, often because of emotional neglect or abuse at an early age. And so I'm sure, I don't know, I can't say that with 100% positivity, but I'm sure that was serenity or she would not have been taken from her home. Right. Well, and I mean, how was she supposed to even develop attachments with you know when we were talking about she's moving from home to home to home Mm -hmm. so there's no emotional bonds that are really getting developed so and it's sad because the emotional bonds that she had with her mom or both parents were pretty much severed and kids Mm -hmm. don't really understand that you know you love your parents most of the time unconditionally when you're that small. Right. And so I think that in and of itself would be enough to really Mm -hmm. throw her kind of off course. Oh, yeah. This article by the Cleveland Clinic goes on to say that children with RAD have trouble managing their emotions. They seem to form or they seem to struggle forming meaningful connections with other people. So these kids are not going to seek or show signs of comfort they are going to seem anxious around their caretakers Mm. even in situations where the parents or the guardians or whoever are quite loving and they're showing how much they care the kids are still going to be kind of anxious and fearful yeah they're probably thinking okay well this is going to end soon when is it going to end 
you know, got to yeah, be on guard. Really sad. It's very sad. Reactive attachment disorder is most common among children who experience physical or emotional neglect or abuse. Um, the article says, while not as common, older children can develop RAD. So most of the time it is diagnosed in younger age mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And that article says children may be more likely to develop RAD if they have, one, many different parental figures, like multiple foster care situations. Yep, check. Check. Were taken away from their primary caregivers after bonding with them emotionally. Mm-hmm. Check. Yep. Experienced several traumatic losses early in life. And I would say being ripped oh. away from your Oh, yeah, that definitely as a traumatic qualifies. Loss. Mm-hmm. Having parental figures who didn't try to become emotionally close to them, which also probably applied to her. Right. If she's coming from a neglectful home. Mm-hmm. And the last one is children that spent time in an institution, like an orphanage or something like that, where they didn't have a loving parent figure. And she did um, spend time in a children's home. Right. So she so had all of these of boxes are checked. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, we know that Serenity was diagnosed with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. And it's pretty much what you said, Allison. Mm-hmm. The National Institute of Mental Health says that it's a condition where children or even adolescents experience persistent irritability and anger. They have frequent, intense temper tantrums or temper outbursts. And many kids will go through periods of severe moodiness. So not just, you know, things that we would see in, you know, a 14-year-old girl and she's mad, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they're consistent moodiness mm-hmm. children with this disorder experience severe symptoms and often have significant problems at school or home and you know coming from the classroom we can see how that would affect yeah. their school performance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kids with this are also going to struggle interacting with their peers there is no real treatment or medication that one can take if they have disruptive mood dysregulation disorder mm-hmm. there is things that can be done to help and they're trying to improve the existing treatment options and find new ones but it's just one of those things where you from what i can gather get some coping mechanisms and just right. have to try to learn yeah to that's exactly with... what i was going to say coping mechanisms and therapy i mean mm-hmm. yeah And kids that have this diagnosis are usually diagnosed between ages 6 and 10. So again, right around the age Mm -hmm. Serenity is before she goes missing. Mm -hmm. And kids that have disruptive mood dysregulation disorder have those severe temper outbursts. They can be verbal. They can be behavioral. And we're talking three or more times a week. So frequent. Mm. Outbursts and tantrums that have been lasting for at least 12 months. So you've seen this like over a year long period. Wow. These kids are chronically irritable or angry most of the day, nearly every day. Mm -hmm. And they also have trouble functioning due to that irritability. So they could have trouble at home, at school or with their friends. Well, I mean, that makes sense because, you know, they're trying to regulate their emotions. They can't regulate their emotions, but society's expectation is that they regulate their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then it would lead to all that trouble. Yeah. And I think the issue with peers is 
if you're that young, between six and ten, they're not going to know. No, no, they wouldn't understand. Or understand. Yeah. And her parents saw it outpatient treatment for years, her adoptive parents, but nothing was helping Serenity really manage her symptoms. So this mm. led her parents to place her in the Black Hills Children's Home, which was a residential treatment center for children in need. And I'm sure that was hard for them to mm. do. But I understand that that is a difficult life as well for the parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes those decisions in thinking, I'm sure they thought, you know, these workers here are better equipped to mm -hmm. helping her than we are. Yeah, I do think it's one of those things, like you said, would be really difficult Very, to yeah. come to that, you know, conclusion mm -hmm. that this is what needs to happen. But you have to also know when you make that decision that you're doing what you think is best for your kid and your family. Mm -hmm. And I know it probably added to the difficulty. And at least for me, if I'm I'm trying to put myself in their shoes even knowing that that's the right decision in my head, I'd mm -hmm. be like, Oh no, is she going to feel like she's being abandoned again? Mm -hmm. Is she going to feel like, you know, yet another person is leaving her, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's a lot of that fear too. Which the good thing about this particular children's home is it's not that far from her family and they were allowed to visit her so okay, you know it's not good. like they just dropped her off and good for yeah x amount of time couldn't see her they were able to pay her visits okay that's good but you know i'm sure like you said they were like this place is better equipped they have professionals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to deal with the challenges that she's facing and can probably help her more than we can right and so they made that decision and they made that based on what they thought was best for her and best for their families mm -hmm. but despite all of these challenges serenity by the people at the home was described as a sweet and affectionate child at times and they too said she really thrived being outside and she really loved anything to do with animals so again mm -hmm. despite all of these challenges at mm -hmm. the core just you know a nine-year-old super kid. sweet yeah mm -hmm. In the months leading up to her disappearance, Serenity had a history of threatening to run away from Black Hills Children's Home. I read that in one source, she always said she wanted to find her biological mom. I don't know mm. if that is 100% true, but I could see that because she is going to have some young memories of being in the foster care system if she was there until the age of five. Right. And along with the threatening to run away, she had also threatened to commit self-harm. Mm. So she had some of those tendencies that in the home that she had when she was with her family. Right. And she had previously attempted to run away from the facility on at least one occasion, prompting increased security measures and vigilance from the staff. So I read anytime she was like playing outside or they had a gym there was someone specifically there to watch Serenity oh. along with the people watching the rest of the kids because right. she had tried to run away before. Mm -hmm. 
But those previous attempts had been brief. She'd always been located within a short period of time. Again, almost like we talked about before, it's like she's needing that sense of knowing she's wanted and missed. Mm-hmm. So she was first admitted to the home in July of 2018, and this particular children's home was in a remote area of Pennington County, about 20 miles southwest of Rapid City, so close to her family. Okay. And they were hopeful that this 14-month stay would help Serenity learn the tools and mechanisms she needed to be able to function as a healthy and happy person. So she's going to be there a little over a year. Okay. So that, I mean, that's good too. So there's an end in sight. It's not an indefinite mm-hmm. stay. It's right. a 14-month stint. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the hope of her being able to function as a healthy and happy person was pretty much the mission statement of the children's home. Their mission statement reads, We empower children to overcome the trauma that has affected their lives and guide families towards strength and safety. Every child deserves the opportunity to have the best chance in life we can help. So, you know, again, I would think her family felt some type of comfort and reassurance in that. Yeah. But as we talked previously, Serenity's time at the home obviously wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows because she had tried to run away from the home. She had been caught. She Mm -hmm. had expressed unhappiness at being there. But again, what kid wouldn't? Right. At some point. But in an attempt to ease her time there, her family did make frequent trips to visit her, but still she was restless and unhappy there. Hmm. Well, because she wants to be back with them, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked just a little bit ago about friends not being able to understand the disorders that kids may have. I think it would Mm -hmm. be really hard for a nine-year-old to understand, why have I been put here? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't I just go home? Yeah. And I don't think they would really understand. I think to them it would almost be like, oh, I can stop doing that like a light switch. I won't do that anymore. I promise. Mm-hmm. But really, we know that they need help learning how to cope with that. Right. February the 3rd, 2019, started much like any other day for the residents of Black Hills Children's Home. According to the Charlie Project, Serenity was playing in the gym at the home with three, but some sources said six, other children at 1045 on that day. So at 1045 that morning, she's in the gym playing with some other kids. Okay. Two staff members have been asked to watch the children during this recess time. And honestly, although the home has caught some heat over the fact that there were not enough staff members watching each child, I think that I would argue that two people watching three kids is enough to keep things running smoothly. Well, even if there are six, one person can watch three. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Even if there's six... I think two is enough. And I Mm -hmm. think this facility would have regulations of there's X amount of kids. So there needs to be X amount of supervision. Right. Mm -hmm. Two staff members were handling things relatively well until one child ran out of the gym. So this kid doesn't run outside. They don't exit the building. They just leave the gym and go into the main part of the building which prompted one staff member to leave to get the kid. 
So mm. now we're down to either two kids or five kids with one staff member behind to watch the rest. Okay. So this means that that one staff member was there to watch those other kids and Serenity. And given any other circumstances, mm-hmm. I would have said that's plenty of people. Right. One person for five kids or one person for two. But they like to have but, one person just with Serenity. It sounded and like. And that, yeah, and that stipulation, I guess you could say, had just been eliminated. Like, she had somebody with her mm-hmm. for a very long period of time and had just regained this freedom of not having her personal babysitter, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, again, I would say a typical day at this home, that probably would have been fine. But given Serenity's history, just one person was not enough. Right. Yeah. And that staff member could kind of sense the same thing. And I, there was varying accounts that the call was placed before and after. But they did call for some backup. But I'm sure... Knowing that there was now a weakness in her guard, she can sense it. Mm-hmm. Serenity ran from the gym. Mm. And there are reports cited by True Crime Diva that said the kid that ran from the gym was Serenity's friend. And they had devised an escape plan oh. for Serenity. And that girl ran to distract one of the staff members so Serenity could more easily get out of the gym. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody said that she's smart and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. she's living up to it because that's a smart plan. That is, yeah. So she ran from the gym in the early morning hours of that February day in just a long sleeve gray flowered shirt She had on a purple tank top underneath, dark blue stonewashed jeans, and black snow boots. And remember, this is February. Mm -mm. And this is February in the Dakotas. So it's going to be cold. Yeah. So despite that chilly 15 degree weather, she ran from the gym and headed north. And now, you know, there's only one person in the gym watching these kids. Yeah, they and can't that leave. person can't leave. Right. Yeah, can't leave them unattended. So they were for- forced to stay in the gym and call for help as Serenity ran further and further away. Oh, my gosh. So she's just gaining ground. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, as she fled, she was spotted by a family. Here is a local news outlet's account of that first sighting. So apparently okay. a woman, a grandma to be specific, And her granddaughter were dropping off a child. I don't know if that was like like their family member and they had a visit or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know the circumstances behind that. But they were dropping a child off at the northern entrance to the main building. And they both saw Serenity running across the building's parking lot. Knowing that this was out of the ordinary, the two assumed that the child was an escape patient who was running away. Yeah. That would be the assumption so, I think most people would make. Mm-hmm. So the two continued to watch as Serenity stumbled and fell at a cattle guard just short of Rockervale Road, which was the road the home 
was situated off of. Okay. Again, realizing what they were witnessing, the grandmother quickly puts her car in reverse and headed back toward the main building to ring the bell to alert the staff that there was a runaway patient. Okay. So at least, even though that one staff member couldn't leave the gym, this grandma is saying, okay, all hands on deck, everybody who's not doing anything, here's where she's headed. You're doing something now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, most people would agree that this action alone by the grandmother was an amazing thing, but she actually didn't stop there. She watched Serenity for a while. And at this point, Serenity is no longer running, but walking toward the road. And I guess here's my dilemma with this situation. Okay. I would like to see... Exactly how far can grandma see from her parking space? You know, Mm. is it a good distance or what? Because I would think she alerted, I don't know, I guess I'm like caught on both sides. Because I guess if she alerted the people at the front, part of me wants to say, well, they should already be out the door looking for her. But then the other Mm -hmm. part of me knows that they're probably double checking that they do indeed have a kid missing. Right. Which you would need to verify. Yeah, and that's going to take time. hmm But she was able to watch Serenity for a distance, and she said there was a spot about 50 yards north of the entrance, and I'm not like a distance person, so I no. could not 50 yards really means see. nothing to me. Yeah, no idea. I know there's three feet in a yard. That's about all I know. Yeah, and 50 yards would be half of a football field. Okay, so I guess she really didn't have too much of a sight distance there. Right. But at that point, the granddaughter and the grandmother both lost sight of Serenity due to trees and the topography of the location. Okay, yeah. That was the last confirmed known sighting of Serenity. Who has been missing ever since. Oh wow. But still the duo did not stop. Within minutes of losing sight of Serenity. They actually drove down the road. And turned onto Rockerville Road. To continue looking for her. Until someone from the home could come up find her. With the intentions wow. of. They're going to follow her. Until somebody from the home can pick her up. Yeah that's really good. So then mm-hmm. at least if she emerges. They would know. Mm-hmm. And the pair headed north, the direction that they had seen her walking. They drove up the road a pretty fair distance, Allison, much further than Serenity would have been able to walk. But they Mm. didn't see her. So they turn around and head back towards the children's home. And they make that drive between the children's home and along Rockerville Road several times in the hopes that they will spot Serenity maybe hiding behind a tree or walking alongside the road, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. But they never saw her. They told police they never met another vehicle and they never saw another person walking along that stretch of road. Hmm. So seems pretty isolated. Mm Mm-hmm. We talk all the time about the power of DNA to solve crimes because it uniquely identifies us as well as our traits. 
Codex Labs is taking the power of DNA and also using it for good in creating skincare treatment that's specially designed just for you. Their products are sustainable because they understand that the best way to healthy skin is through healthy ingredients. No matter your skincare concerns, eczema, psoriasis, sensitive, dry, or inflamed skin, they have a product suited just for you. I've been trying out my products for about a week now, and I am thrilled with how much more smooth and healthy my skin feels. I have the Combination Skin Kit, and it is every product that I need to balance my skin. A cleanser, a toner, a facial oil, and an oil control cream. They also sell ingestible dietary supplements as well as skincare because they believe in the connection between your skin health and your digestive system. But you don't just have to take our word for it. Codex Labs products are backed by science and not storytelling. Your DNA and their scientific research drives their product and we can't wait for you to try them as well. To try Codex Labs products yourself to see just how effective they are, go to www.codexlabscore.com. That's C-O-D-E-X-L-A-B-S-C-O-R-P.com and try their Derm Score. When you decide which products work best for your skin, use the code COFFEE20 to receive 20% off your purchase. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meanwhile, children's home staff do begin to search on foot and in vehicles. But they also do not see serenity. The, what I was talking about earlier, frustrating part is the staff mm-hmm. waited one hour and 20 minutes after they were alerted that Serenity was running away before they called 911. So they're probably thinking, this is bad publicity. We can take care of this ourselves. She's tried to run away before. We can, we found her quickly. That's probably what's going through their heads. I'm not saying that that's justification for mm-hmm. waiting because it's not, but I'm sure that's probably what they were thinking. And I think I may mention it later on, but part of me also wonders, again, coming from the school system where we have certain th- processes that are in place for mm-hmm. certain circumstances, I'm wondering, you know, if there were check boxes that they had to check mm. off before they were to call 911 have they checked mm-hmm. 
these locations did they do such and such and so maybe that's why those nearly 80 minutes passed before police were called but that 80 minutes especially like you've said during the dead of winter Mm. that's a long time yeah and she didn't remember she did not have a winter coat on so again that's like you said a long time Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm But once police were involved, no expense was spared when the search began, Allison. The search for Serenity proved to be a daunting task because, remember, the Black Hills of South Dakota are right there. And they're known for their rough terrain, dense forest, and obviously harsh winter weather. Search teams faced numerous challenges, including rain that turned into snow, freezing temperatures, and limited visibility. Gosh, yeah, I bet they're really worried about those temperatures with her out there, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rugged landscape, the thick vegetation, made the search even more difficult, with many areas inaccessible or hard to cover. And a Mm nine-year-old can fit in a lot more places than a grown man or a grown woman. Yes, agreed. According to an article written by Bart Fancook of the South Dakota News Watch, quote, the physical search for Serenity included more than 1,500 personnel from 66 separate agencies who covered more than 6,000 miles of terrain during 220 search attempts involving people on foot, air searches, and the use of cadaver dogs. The first days of the search were hampered by rain that turned to snow and temperatures that dipped well below freezing, end quote. Gosh, I mean, that is extensive. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Once they started searching, it sounds like they really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a big part of that is the fact that, you know, we're dealing with these really harsh weather conditions. Mm-hmm. Time is of the essence when it's below zero. Yes. Right. But despite utilizing those advanced technologies, including the drones, the canine units, thermal imaging at one point, and the deployment of hundreds of searchers, they got no results from any of those searches. And the efforts to find Serenity lasted for weeks, but she remained elusive, leaving investigators and the community perplexed. Right, because... I. I mean, where could she go? Obviously, this there's, you know, the terrain. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like they're thinking she actually was picked up by anybody or went to a physical place. It almost sounds like they're just saying she's somewhere in the wilderness. Yes, and that still is the belief held by most people. Mm-hmm. As search parties combed the rugged area for a little serenity, a simultaneous investigation sought to rule out foul play and search on a nationwide level for her. Okay. According to that same article, I read that in all, 538 people were interviewed or contacted by authorities, which is a lot of people. That is a lot. The children's home was thoroughly searched for any sign of serenity. Police questioned people that lived nearby, outbuildings, which I thought was super smart, um, around the oh, area yeah. of search in case she had, you know, was seeking shelter there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were six different search warrants that went out. All of those were executed. None of that yielded any results. Mm. 
Of course, we have numerous people calling in for supposed sightings of Serenity, but sadly, none of them led to anything significant for the investigation, and none of them have ever been confirmed. Only the one with mm. the grandma and the granddaughter. Right. Right. In the parking lot. Yes. And as you can imagine, like we talked about, the children's home has gotten a lot of backlash from both the family of Serenity and from the community. So the biggest mm-hmm. issue that repeated itself in the research was that delay in contacting police. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. we said, were there things that the home had to do before calling 911? We don't know that. And that is another frustration because the family has tried specifically, I know for sure her mom has, tried to reach out to the home and say, hey, I would really like to meet with you and just know what your protocol is. Right. Did you handle things the way Mm -hmm. that you were supposed to? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, were some steps missed? What were you doing during that time? But they have never agreed to meet with the family. And that's an absolutely fair and justified response on Serenity's mom's part. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think she had every, I think they have every right to know that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we play devil's advocate a lot. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how to play devil's advocate for that unless somehow they can claim they don't want to interfere with the investigation. But if that's what they're claiming, most people, yeah. investigators included, think that Serenity somehow succumbed to the elements. So mm-hmm. really, how could you harm the investigation and having that conversation right. with the family? Well, and having that conversation, even if it's too late to have saved Serenity, could save the next kid. If these are, Mm -hmm. you know, regulations that need to be changed. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of public works and public safety. Mm -hmm. This is a public Mm -hmm. institution, just like with schools. When things happen that are horrible, we learn from those and we adapt to have safety plans in place to avoid that the next time. Mm -hmm. And so this could be an opportunity for them to learn from this really horrible mistake. Exactly. Yep. But again, they just refuse those meetings with her. Hmm. Most close to the case, though, say that through the entire process, the police remained empathetic and helpful. I didn't see really anything in my research that a single person close to the family or close to Serenity had anything negative to say about investigators. They have all said that the police were very helpful and empathetic to their needs. Mm hmm. Well, and again, it sounds like they were very thorough. Mm -hmm. The only question that I think we all have at this point is, how have we not found a single clue to her whereabouts or her location? I mean, we found nothing. Mm -hmm. Not a shoe, not a piece of clothing, not a bone, nothing. Right. And I mean, if she's a kid, eventually she's going to try to figure out some way to get food. Mm Mm-hmm. Some place where she can go to get warm, which was why it was smart that they were checking those, you know, outbuildings. I don't know. But those are the things I would be thinking. I, I think we probably have talked about this, especially with stuff like Dialogue Pass. But have we talked about how long it would take for someone to die in 
you know, snowy sub-zero temperatures. I know it's not long. So part of me wonders, did she even have time to think about, okay, what am I going to do for food? Where am I going to find, you know, warmth? Did she even have time to think about that before Mm. something potentially happened to her? Like she fell and she hurt her leg Mm -hmm. and she can't walk or. Yeah. Hmm. Her mom, Darcy, remains unable to shake the feeling, however slight, that Serenity is still alive and could make her way home someday. She said in that same interview, quote, it's just like the perfect situation for her not to be found. Part of me feels like she's still out there in society. Somebody would have seen her long before now. But that being said, if she's up there in the woods, if she got dragged off by an animal somewhere, we just really want to know. Mm. That's very, very sad. Yeah. And I think like so many of the cases we talk about, the families just want to know. Mm-hmm. And while we were talking to, I looked up how long it takes to die from hypothermia. Yeah. And it said, depending on, obviously on the conditions, mm-hmm. but that it can happen in less than an hour. Interesting. So, I mean, it I'm... it is, and that's yet another thing that, you know, going back to those regulations, because it took them an hour and 20 minutes. She could have already even... potentially been dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Before they even called for a search. Yeah, I would think, I would hope that the facility at least had the conversations with law enforcement. I just mm-hmm. wish that they would give that courtesy to the family. Right. Agreed. So we do have a couple different theories that I wanted to talk about. And one okay. that I just want to go ahead and get out of the way. And I'm not even really calling this a theory because I do not and did not ever think that this was a possibility but conspiracy theorists have implicated that darcy serenity's mom had something to do with serenity's disappearance so her adopted mom but Mm -hmm. she has been cleared by police because it was verified that she was at work at her job as a nurse at the time of Serenity's disappearance. So she has a rock hard alibi. So basically you're just bringing this up to say there are conspiracy conspiracy theorists out there who say Mm -hmm. that this is a possibility, but it's not a possibility because she has been ruled out. And I bring it up because not that I think the people that necessarily regularly listen to our show would do this. I don't think that our normal sleuth hounds would but i do think just people in general forget that the people we talk about in these cases so the victims their family suspects people in the community Mm -hmm. all of that Mm -hmm. are humans and because Mm -hmm. of that fact have human emotions and reactions and i think it's easy to forget when we're listening to a podcast or reading an article or watching a documentary that the people involved in these cases are people and we Mm -hmm. can be really brave talking about what ifs and stating opinions when we're doing it 
hidden behind a screen. Mm -hmm. But on a much more serious note is when rumors are spread about individuals involved in the cases that we talk about. This is why we've said it before. You know, you are always going to hear us say things like, it's rumored that blah, blah, blah happened. If Mm -hmm. we can't find something Mm -hmm. in a reliable source, we won't mention Mm -hmm. somebody's name, you know, unless the police have done so. We won't mention somebody's specific business unless it happens at the yogurt shop and we name that business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because words are very impactful Mm -hmm. and sadly Mm -hmm. Darcy has felt the impact over the years with rumors surrounding her quote air quotes involvement in the disappearance of serenity she has been so impacted by the words of others that she has on two separate occasions tried to end her own life Oh, and you know, this is the same conversation that we have with our students, how Mm -hmm. things that you say to people, that could be the last interaction you have with that person. Mm -hmm. And do you really want to have that on your conscience? Right. And I think, again, you know, we're brave because we're hiding behind a screen, but we're affecting real people with real emotions and real feelings. Absolutely. She was brave, and she has spoken publicly about her struggles. She told Newswatch, so people that make these hurtful, anonymous statements online will know, quote, words hurt, and words cut more than if somebody were to flat out punch me in the face. I definitely was needing help, and I eventually told myself, this isn't me, and I need to be strong for serenity in case she ever comes back, end quote. So besides the attempts to take her own life, Darcy and her family have had to relocate after her husband was chased around their neighborhood while he was driving home. Oh my gosh. And they aren't the only ones. Chad, so her adopted dad, and his family have also been targets of harassment from these so-called good doers who think they're helping investigators in some weird way. But these strangers would drive by their home. They would take pictures of his kids or his wife. His children were bullied at school over the disappearance of Mm. Serenity and the rumor that her adoptive parents were somehow involved. And he and his wife were blasted on social media for poor parenting, for taking Darcy to the children's home and all this other stuff. But again, (sighs) people are so brave when they're behind a screen, but would never say any of those things to their faces. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about early in the episode that that probably wasn't an easy conclusion for them to come to, to send Serenity to the children's home. But they were doing what they thought was best. And Mm -hmm. I think we have to support them in that decision because Mm -hmm. in the end it was their decision to make and they were doing Mm -hmm. what they thought was best. Right. And, you know, I say all of this... As a note for us to be mindful of what we're posting on social media and the words we speak about others. Because you can't take back words that have been said and words can cut Mm -hmm. deep. Mm -hmm. So as we progress into theories, I'm going to clearly state with each theory whether police believe it to be plausible and which they don't. Because there have been so many rumors and misinformation Mm. posted and reshared on social media regarding the disappearance of Serenity, that investigators say the investigation has been hampered by many of these Mm. posts. Wow. And that is something that we would never want to do. 
no here on coffee and cases so i'm going to be no. sure when we're discussing the theories to state these are ones police believe could be possibilities right. these are ones right. that conspiracy theorists have wrote about on the internet mm-hmm mm-hmm so the second theory is that Serenity was lost in the wilderness. And this theory okay. suggests that Serenity may have become lost in the dense wilderness surrounding the facility. Because remember, she only made it that 50 yards before she was enveloped in the forest. Right. And as a young girl with special needs, she may have become disoriented and unable to, way, to find her way back, especially as night fell. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think... Even adults, even experienced hikers, if you are unfamiliar with an area and darkness falls, that you can easily oh. get turned around. Things look completely different in the dark than they do in the daylight. Yeah, and I always think it's weird. You think you're traveling in a straight line, but you're really not. And mm -hmm. then you think, oh, if I just turn right around and just continue to walk straight, I'll right. end up where I started. But you don't. And then you don't. Mm -hmm. So if that terrain could throw off experienced hikers, what could it have done to a nine-year-old girl? Exactly. We also have to take into account the harsh winter weather, those freezing temperatures, the snow that came in. All of those things could have posed a serious threat to her survival, especially because she wasn't adequ adequately dressed. She wasn't mm -hmm. prepared for the elements. She had right. nothing to eat. No way to start a fire. She had no winter coat. Mm -hmm. You know, how could she have survived in this right. type of environment? Mm -hmm. And that theory is one that's backed by law enforcement, which right. leads into theory three, which is one you talked about briefly, is that Serenity could have had some type of accident so some speculate mm -hmm. that she had an accident while in the forest surrounding the children's home as she was running away. So she got lost. She got injured. Um, and then her remains may have been eaten by animals. She mm -hmm. may not have been found due to just how rugged and dense the forest is. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple possibilities there. And again, this theory is one that investigators also back. So something along combining theories two and three, I think. Right. Yeah. But my biggest drawback with this theory is exactly what Serenity's mom said. Like, where are her clothes? Same with theory two. Where is mm. anything? Right. You're saying like if her remains were were scavenged by animals mm -hmm. then her clothing would have been found unless right. wherever she is you know if she found a place to hide or she fell into i don't know some sort of like deep ravine, ravine or, something. or something it just her clothes are just there waiting they just haven't been found yet and that is part of theory four this one was one that, like, her mom, not, she didn't really say she believes this theory, but she was just, you know, when you're thinking of different things, this is mm -hmm. something she thought of. It's just what you said. So maybe she did get injured, or maybe the weather 
starts turning bad and it starts to snow and she is really Mm -hmm. smart. So her mom says maybe she found just an excellent hiding spot to wait for her rescue somewhere that was out of the elements. So she wouldn't be in the snow somewhere where she would be safe from any wild animals roaming. And she picked such a good spot that no one has been able to find her. And I think that's, you know, possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like one or theory two, three, and four could kind of almost all be lumped into one theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is like a 2.0 version of theory four where some people think that she could potentially still be alive and still be in hiding, but she was mm. nine and like... No matter how smart a nine-year-old is, how would one stay alive, no matter how smart a grown-up is, how would one stay alive in the winter with no food, no proper clothes, and no way to obtain any of those things, and then remain alive thereafter? No. Yeah. I couldn't. So, yeah, I don't think that theory is likely. Yeah, that's one that nobody involved in the investigation believes that that is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, there are theories on the internet that police do not support that say that Serenity was abducted by someone at the facility. So, in mm. this theory, and there are portions of this that you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But then you're like, no, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Proponents of this theory point to the fact that she disappeared without a trace from a supervised facility, which they say suggests someone may have taken her. But there's no evidence of an abduction that has ever been found. And no suspects have ever been identified. And they searched the facility high and low. Yeah. And yet again, a 2.0 version of this theory. Some say is that maybe there was an accident. She died accidentally playing on something. Or she, you know made those threats of self-harm or another resident may have killed her and they are hiding that at the facility and people say you know it took them 80 minutes to call for police what did they hide in that 80 minutes why are they refusing to talk to the parents those types of things mm-hmm. but again the facility I was searched s- right i still think that's just people who I don't know. It's it's more the conspiracy theorists. I, I mm-hmm. understand anything is possible. I get mm-hmm. it. I mean, even theories that we're not talking about. Are they possible? Yes. But I feel like without a shred of evidence, that's a jump to yeah. make that. We at least have evidence that the grandmother saw her running mm-hmm. into the woods, which is why, for me... I think she either succumbed to the elements, hypothermia, something mm-hmm. pretty soon after entering, you know, that landscape. And so I think that, I think that that was, it's theories, you know, two, three, or four. Any of those mm-hmm. are just as likely in my mind. And, you know, police talked about there was apparently this person that had tons of these conspiracy theories about what happened to Serenity and how damaging that was to their investigation. Because, you know, 
police are stretched really thin anyways. And so if people are calling mm-hmm. in with all of these hokum theories, then that just ties mm-hmm. up resources. I mean, I'm not saying if you have a legitimate thought or, you know, you saw something that you shouldn't call in because you definitely should. But if you're calling in to say she was abducted by aliens, you probably right. should save that phone call right. for another time. Yeah, exactly. Similarly, some people speculate that Serenity was abducted during the runway process. So the grandma and granddaughter reported they saw no other people or cars while they were searching for Serenity. But I don't know how long that search took. And, you know, while Mm. they're driving, Serenity could have been hiding in the foliage. But, you know, Mm -hmm. after grandma gives up her search... Then Serenity could have got tired of hiding and came out and started walking along the road. Maybe to try to even go back to the facility, someone could have stopped and approached her, asked if she needed help. They could have grabbed her. A hiker could have taken advantage of a lost little girl in the woods. Um, Again, though, this theory is not backed by investigators, but there are Mm -hmm. um, some people that think that could have happened. Right. Yeah, I think... Of all the theories, if we're honest with ourselves, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those two, three, or four. And, you know, sometimes I think that's harder for us to admit because we want to have, in these cases, somebody to blame. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that isn't always the case. I do hope whatever happened to Serenity that eventually her family is able to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Same. The disappearance of Serenity is a haunting and perplexing case that continues to baffle investigators and captivate the attention of true crime enthusiasts. Despite extensive searches, interviews, and investigations, Serenity's whereabouts remain unknown, and her family continues to grapple with the pain of uncertainty of her disappearance. Throughout this podcast, we explored various theories, including the possibility of her running away, her being abducted, having an accident, or falling victim to foul play involving a staff or resident at the children's home. As we delved into the details of Serenity's case, it became clear that there are many unanswered questions and puzzling aspects. The harsh weather conditions, challenging terrain, and dense forests surrounding the Black Hills Children's Home have posed significant challenges to the search efforts, making it difficult to uncover solid leads or evidence. Despite the diligent efforts of law enforcement, this case remains unsolved, leaving many of us with more questions than answers. This case serves as a stark reminder of the complexities and difficulties involved in a missing persons case, particularly those involving young children. It also highlights the impact of such tragedies on families and communities as Serenity's family continues to hold out hope for answers and justice. As we come to a close, we encourage our listeners to remain vigilant and continue to raise awareness about Serenity's disappearance. It's our hope that through our continued efforts, the truth will eventually come to light and Serenity's family will find the closure that they seek. Serenity's disappearance is a reminder that unsolved cases continue to haunt our true crime community and the communities around the globe. As we reflect on the details of this case, we're left with a sense of urgency to bring attention to missing person cases and the importance of collaboration between law enforcement, the community, and media in seeking answers. 
The mystery of what happened to Serenity persists, and our hope is that this podcast has shed light on her story and will generate new leads or information. We urge anyone with information related to Serenity's disappearance to come forward, as any piece of information, no matter how small it may seem, could be crucial in uncovering the truth and bringing resolution to this perplexing case. Anyone with information regarding this case is urged to call the Pennington County Sheriff's Office at 605-394-6115. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to coffeeandcasespodcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next week. week. love notes from Maggie and Allison. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and we have got lots of love to share. We have love going out to Brandy, Tawny, Amber, Stephanie, Keely, Clara, Suzanne, Tanya, Tracy, Aaron, Alicia, Molly, Jennifer, and Tony for reaching out to us in the past two weeks. We have absolutely loved hearing from you and your kind words have kept us going. And I also love that that list is so long. I know. I like the long list. <laughs> we also love getting those reviews and we got a five-star review from jazz d law and i hope i'm saying your little handle correctly who wrote us a five-star review saying quote as frustrating and heartbreaking as it is thank you for focusing on cold and unsolved cases i feel like you're doing good in the cold world of true crime end quote well thank you so much and i know, I know was so nice. it was and i know we I hope we are doing good because that's our mission is to make a difference. Right. Yes, it absolutely is. We have a ton, ton, ton of love also going out to Jean, who recently joined our Patreon. So we are so happy to welcome you to the CNC fam. And if you would like to hear bonus content, because, you know, just once a week is not enough for you, then head on <laughs> over to patreon.com slash coffee and cases to join any level from the $5 level and up gets you bonus content. So make sure to check it out. And with that, all of our love is going out to each and every one of you. Until next week, Sleuth Hounds. So a few weeks ago, Maggie and I did a collab episode with Richard from the Private Dicks podcast, and we had a blast. If you would like a change of pace for a more serious coverage of crime and want comical coverage where there is closure to every case, even if it's the most bizarre explanation ever, check out Private Dicks podcast and hear us a little bit about the show. <laughs> 
Have you got a mystery that needs solving? Where is Amelia Earhart? We know. Who the hell was D.B. Cooper? Bah, easy. Bermuda Triangle? Probably solve that one next. Here at Private Dicks, we guarantee a mystery solved every episode. That's with a capital G. Every second Friday, the Private Dicks take a client, record their session, and solve the world's greatest mysteries. One by one. Private Dicks solve them, no problem. God, I love just crushing mysteries. Search up Private Dicks on your favorite podcatcher and you can solve a mystery too. The mystery of what's your favorite podcast? It's Private Dicks. Another one solved. If you have a mystery to be solved, call 1-855-PRVTDIX. That's 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Call 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS and leave us the rundown of the case. Maybe the dicks will solve it. It's 855-PRIVATE-DICKS.